This is one of my favorite, favorite, favorite stories of all time. I heard this from RVL and man, it just blew me away. Okay, we just talked about Jesus casting out this, this demon, this legion, right? Inside the demoniac. Well, now we got Jesus. Sorry, my podium is just like right all up in your face. All right, let's read this. Luke chapter eight, verse 41. Uh, now, when Jesus returned, the crowd welcomed him for they were all waiting for him. And there came a man named Jairus who was a ruler of the synagogue. This is Luke eight. And falling at Jesus' feet, he implored him to come to his house for he had an only daughter about 12 years of age and she was dying. As Jesus went, the people pressed around him and there was a woman who had had a discharge of blood for 12 years. And though she had spent all her living on physicians, doctors, she could not be healed by anyone. She came up behind him and touched the fringe of his garment and immediately her discharge of blood ceased. And Jesus said, who was it that touched me? When the crowds all denied it, Peter said, Master, the crowds surround you and, and, and are pressing in on you. But Jesus said, someone touched me, for I perceive that power has gone out from me. Right? Because Jesus was British and had somewhat of a British accent. Good. And when the woman saw that she was not hidden, she came trembling and falling down before him and declared in the presence of all the people why she had touched him and how she had been immediately healed. And he said to her, daughter, your faith has made you well. Shalom. Go in peace. All right. The question in all of your minds should be, where does she get that? That's weird. If I on his tassel, I'll be healed. I mean, why doesn't she think, you know what? If I stick my finger right in his armpit, I bet that's going to heal me. Honestly, it's just as crazy. Why not? Maybe she thought, well, if I get on one foot and sing Yankee Doodle, Yankee Doodle went to town, I bet that'll heal me. Can you think of why it would be, that's crazy, Mr. Dean, Yankee Doodle and all that. I would tell you, well, so is yanking on a guy's robe. That's just as weird. I mean, where does she get that, right? That's just, that's just goofy. Well, I think this woman knew her Bible inside and out. She didn't have a New Testament. She was living the New Testament. All she had was the Hebrew text. And I believe that I know where she got her crazy idea. Malachi. Malachi, Malachi in Hebrew means my messenger. Remember when we talked about this earlier, we talked about the word Malachi or Malach. It's both messenger and angel in Hebrew. Isn't that crazy? It's the Hebrew word for angel. So an angel is a what? Messenger. Say it loud like you know. What's a messenger? Okay, cool. So anytime you see the word messenger in the Bible, that is someone's opinion that it should be messenger and not angel. And when you see, oh, so-and-so saw an angel, that's someone's opinion that that should be angel and not messenger. But they're interchangeable. All right, pretty cool. Malachi was a prophet. He lived a long time before Jesus and this woman. Now, a prophet someone who speaks for the Lord. 
He speaks the very words of God. And Malachi wrote in his book, chapter 4, about Hamoshiach. Hamoshiach is Hebrew for the Messiah. Now, Malachi didn't know he was going to be writing about Jesus. He didn't have a name. He just knew what Messiah was going to be like. God said, let me tell you what he's going to be like. So, he wrote about a future savior. He was writing about Messiah. Look at this. Well, not that. That's her reaching out, touching Jesus. This is what Malachi 4.2 says. But for you who fear my name, the Son, S-U-N, of righteousness shall rise with healing in its wings. Cool. Well, you already know that the word in Hebrew for corner or fringe is the word what? Remember? Yes, kanaf. It means corner, border, fringe, hem. You already know that. Very cool. You also know that in Numbers 15, God told his people, tie tassels to your kanafim, all of them, from now throughout your generations. How long does that last? Forever. I want you to do it forever. All right, God said those tassels were to remind them. I forget. Help me out here. Commandments. Look at them. They're all the commandments. Remember them, and you better do them. Woo. Okay. So every time they looked at the tassels or stepped on them or saw someone else's, they'd be reminded of those three, four things. Now, here's something interesting. In Hebrew, there is no neuter pronoun. It. Hebrew is a very, very, very old language. And as such, it has only two genders. You remember when there were only two genders? <laughs> Good times. Oh, anyways. So Hebrew has two genders, male and female. There's no neuter. It means there's no in between. There's no it. That's English. So this is really cool. There's only him or her, so what should that read? The son of righteousness shall rise with healing in either his or her wings, right? Well, guess what? It's masculine. And it does read with healing in his wings. Oh, cool. So let's read the text again. The son of righteousness shall rise with healing in his wings. Okay, we're getting cool. We're getting close. Now, do you... Know what the word for wing is, Cohen, in Hebrew. We haven't learned that yet. Logan? I don't know. You don't? Guys, what's the word for wing in Hebrew? It's right there. It's the word kanaf. Well, what, wait, wait well, what does kanaf mean? I thought it meant corner, border, hem, fringe. It does. It's also the word wing. Can we read Malachi again? But for you who fear my name, the son of righteousness, that's Messiah. He's going to rise. He's going to come on the scene with healing in his corners, healing in his fringes, healing in his borders, healing in his corners. The text says, turn to Mark real quick, Mark chapter four or five, I mean, excuse me. Turn to Mark chapter 5. This is really cool, guys. 
Look at verse 27. Back up, 25. There was a woman who had a discharge of blood for 12 years and who had suffered much under many physicians. She had spent all that she had and she was no better, but rather she kept getting worse. I feel so bad for this lady. Verse 27, she had heard the reports about Jesus. I want you to cue in and clue into that verse right there. She had heard the reports about Jesus. I want you to think, and this is where God invites us, don't just read the Bible. Think about the Bible. What reports did she hear? Demographic reports. Political reports. Jesus was a Republican. No, no, he was a Democrat. No. What reports did she hear? I wonder if she heard reports like this. Have you heard about this Yeshua? Yeshua, who? Every other, you know, every third guy in the country is named Yeshua. No, Yeshua, Hanutri, the, the Nazarene. No, I haven't heard about him. He's healing all kinds of people. Something about the temple now is mobile. What? Yeah, like uh, he's a new kind of prophet. He's forgiving sins on the part of God. What? Are you kidding me? Some are even saying he's the Messiah. Get out of here. Are you serious? Yeah, like, I mean, he could be the Messiah. He's from Nazareth. Well, born in Bethlehem. He's of David's line. There's some prophecies that people are already saying. These are the reports she's hearing about him. This guy might be the Messiah. So, don't miss that. All right, back to Luke. I'm sorry. I know we're doing some flippy floppy here, but um, this is the way it goes with the gospel. So, back to Luke 8. I love this. I love this. I love this because can you imagine? Jesus is there. There are people, the scripture says, thronging about. How long was the last time you used the word thronging? Uh, probably three weeks from never, right? Thronging. There are people thronging about Jesus. It means they are pressed up so close to him that there's not a lot left for the imagination. I remember riding the Metro one time when I lived in Chile. I was in Santiago and I got on the Metro and I'm, I'm a tall guy compared to Chileans. They tend to be a, a shorter folk and I'm riding the Metro. Of course, I'm white, blue eyes. You know, I mean, I stick out like a sore thumb and all of a sudden on the next stop, these doors open up and about five really plump, short, old ladies with big personalities and, <laughs> and, and big chests, I'll just say it like that, thronged about me. Because the more people that got on that car, the more squished everybody got. So these, these little ladies with bags, they're about five feet tall, big fat ladies. And I'm like, oh. And my hand's in my pocket. And a little more squished, a little more squished. Pretty soon, every Part of them is on every part of me. And I'm like, oh, this is uncomfortable. And we're going. And I'm, I'm just kind of playing pinball, bouncing off these ladies. And I thought, that's probably what it felt like to be thronged. So Jesus is walking and people are just pushing all around him. Now imagine that. And then Jesus has the audacity to say, wait a minute, who touched me? Can you imagine? And, and Peter feels like he needs to enlighten Jesus. He's like, oh, Rabbi, you see the crowds are pushing all around you. <laughs> I mean, who isn't touching you, you know? And Jesus says, no, no, I don't mean like that. Somebody touched me. And do you read what he says here? What came out of him? Power. I felt power come out of me. 
Now stop, parentheses for a second. I keep saying that Jesus is not the source of his miracles. And I know a lot of Christians have a problem with that. They're like, well, he's God. He can do anything he wants. First of all, no, we already established he can't do anything he wants. Anything outside of his nature. And second of all, if Jesus is the source of his own power, why would he say something like, who touched me? Was that rhetorical? Was that to get Peter and the gang thinking? Hmm, somebody touched him. No, Jesus literally does not know who touched him. And somebody pulled power, or actually Jesus felt power go out of him. Doesn't mean Jesus contains the power. I think Jesus is the conduit of the power. God sent all his miraculous power right through Jesus. And Jesus went, whoa, whoa, stop. Now you're part of the crowd. You have no idea why the rabbi who was just laughing and talking and teaching the Torah and all this suddenly says, stop, who touched me? I'm thinking somebody touched him in an inappropriate way maybe. And he thought, hey, hey, none of that. Probably not. But I guarantee you, Peter and the gang were like, what happened? There's a problem here. Rabbi's mad. And I don't think Rabbi was mad. I think he was blown away. Now who's sneaking away? Hoping not to be seen. The woman. And Jesus says, yes. Because, stop! Whoa! Wait, who touched me? And she's thinking, oh crap. <laughs> right? He's going to find out. Now why would that be a problem? She's why is she unclean? She's been bleeding for 12 years. Everything she sits on, everything she touches, everyone she touches now is unclean, at least until evening, and can no longer enter the temple. They can no longer enter the synagogue. They're unclean. This woman hasn't been to synagogue in 12 years. Synagogue isn't church, by the way. Synagogue is where you go to worship with your family. Worship is a part of your life. She hasn't been in a synagogue in 12 years. She hasn't been to the temple, Passover, any of the feasts or festivals in 12 years. Every time she touches her kids, they go, oh, mom, now I'm unclean. Husbands are not allowed to have relations with their wives during their menstrual cycle and up to several days after she stops. You know when the last time her and her husband were together? Are you starting to get the idea of how awful this woman's life was? No friends, no social life, no religious life, no marital life, no sex life, no nothing. And she heard the reports about Jesus. She knew the text. If he is the Messiah, Malachi said that the son of righteousness will rise and there will be healing in his kanafim. Maybe I can sneak into the crowd and grab a tassel and see what happens. And I just love that. And what does Jesus do? He says, someone touched me and then he saw the woman and he said, you, ma'am, stop. Do you know why she came trembling? She was about to experience probably the harshest punishment embarrassment, humiliated publicly. Ma'am, you knew you were unclean and you rendered me unclean. How dare you? What were you thinking? Can you imagine the shame of everyone in the village knows her? She just lives over there. Nobody talks to her. 
And you did what? You put on a disguise and came in and you did that? Can you imagine the shame? She came shaking, bawling. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. He says, ma'am, why did you touch me? I think he's blown away. He knows what's going on here. No one else does. Everyone else thinks, oh my gosh, what'd this woman do, right? Peter and the gang, they don't know she's a bleeding woman for 12 years. They, they don't know who she is. This is a new town. All the townspeople went, oh, yeah, I knew it. Yeah, I knew it. Yeah, she's going down. You know what I mean? It's just this magical, incredible moment. And Jesus says, why did you touch me? And then the text says, look, falling down before him, she declared in the presence of all the people why she touched him and how she'd been healed. I think she said, Malachi wrote that there'd be healing in the kanafim of the Messiah. And everybody was saying that you were the Messiah. And you know, I thought I would touch him. I would, I would just try. This is the last chance I've got. I've already spent everything, I've, all my money, and I've only gotten worse. And I can see Jesus kneeling down and taking her tear-stained face as she's just bawling, telling him, I'm so sorry, I just thought Malachi. And I can see Jesus looking into her face so unbelievably thrilled. And he says, daughter, your trust saved you. With a smile this big from ear to ear. And she's thinking, you're not going to smack me around? You're not going to punish me? And he said, go in peace, shalom. Yes! And she says, and everybody around is like, what just happened? And it's really cool because we miss this with our Western glasses on. Jesus says your trust healed you. Trust in what? Did she trust Jesus? She doesn't know Jesus from Adam. She's never seen him before. She's never met him. She doesn't trust him. What does she trust? Yeah, she trusts the Bible. She believes the Bible is true. Weird concept. She believes the Bible's true. She trusts that Malachi was right. Now listen, this is really cool. Jesus is excited, not because she's healed and not because he's the man. He's excited that she believed that the Bible was true. See, in so much so that she acted it out. And it happened. Now there's a lesson there. She believed the Bible was true for her. Not just for Malachi. Not just for Abraham. Not just for Moses. It's true for me. Rabbi, it's true for me. I believe it's true for me right now. And Jesus says, you are exactly right. Isn't that awesome? What happens to her? She becomes a matzeva. That's a standing stone. It serves as a testimony. If we read our text in context, do you know what this woman's trust accomplished? Matthew 14, don't even worry about turning there. Just write down the reference if you want. Matthew 14 and verse 34. Y'all, this is what her trust did. This is people in Gennesaret. 
chapters, months later, when they had crossed over Jesus and the disciples, they came to the land of Gennesaret. And when the men of that place recognized him, they sent around to all the region and brought to him everybody who was sick. And they implored him that they might touch only the corner of his garment. How would they know that? Because she told everybody he's the son of righteousness. And what did she confirm, not only in her mind, but in everyone else's mind that had been talking and he might be this, he might be. What did she confirm that day? He really is the Messiah. And do you know how many times she said those words? He's the Messiah. Do you know how many times Jesus said, I'm the Messiah, by the way. Do you know how many times everyone of the Jews went, he's the Messiah. Do you know how they say it? In picture. It was perfectly said in picture. If there's healing in his wings, in his corners, he's got to be the Messiah. Yes. Yes, absolutely. And God saw the woman and went, oh my gosh, this woman is acting out the text. So let me tell you guys something. Do you understand what this woman did? I want to share with you a formula. It's not a formula that is magic, like magic formula. It's a formula for how to be like Jesus. Number one, know the text. She knew the text. Know the text. Number two, recognize the parallels. Write this down. Know the text. That's why we're learning Jonah. Number two, recognize the parallels between the text and my own life. Because you know this has all happened before, right? It's a big circle we're living in. Number three, act out the text. That's what Jesus did. Let me ask you a question. It's real nice to end like this, but she believed that the Bible was true, not just for Malachi or Abraham or Moses or David or Daniel. She believed it was true for her. Fast forward 2019 years. Do you believe the Bible's true? Oh, sure, Mr. Dean. That's the default answer. I'm a Christian. Of course I believe the Bible's true. No, 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 no. That's not what I'm asking. You're answering things like, yes, I think God wrote it. Yes, I think there's truths in it. My question is, do you believe the Bible is still true for you today? And the same power that she was able to access is readily available for you. Do you believe that? Don't answer with your words. Answer either by acting out the text in your life or don't. If you act out the text, you believe it's still true. If you don't, you'll sit back and you'll observe and you'll live your life like you always have. And you won't believe that the Bible's still true for you today. May you know the text well enough to see the parallels between what's already been written and your life. And then you know what you need to do? Play the part. Act it out. Awesome. God bless you. May the demons know your name and fear you because you know you're calling on Jesus. And may you be covered in the dust of your rabbi. Awesome. And Jesus is Messiah, by the way. <laughs>